What up, what up, what up? Ladies and gents, boys and girls, you are now tuned in to a brand new episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I am your host with the most, the Hoods ESPN, Crystal Street's very own Dre Day. What's up, what's up, what's up? This is episode 313, episode 313 of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I want to thank everybody for their continued support. Keep it going, keep it flowing. Uh, this episode, I'm going to dive into a little, uh, I'm going to dive into a lot of things on this episode. Um, I wanted to work on something last week, but I was still, you know, somewhat recuperating from being sick um, throughout my birthday, basically. Um, so last week, I didn't drop nothing, and there was a couple of things that I wanted to speak on on an episode had I worked on it last week that I didn't get a chance to speak on that I'm going to speak on on this episode. Um, so I'm definitely going to get those out the way on this episode. But first, I mean, listen, NBA talk, I'm not going to dive on it too much because, again, we're just starting this brand new young season. Shit, I want to say we probably a good... Depending on what team, depending on what team, depending on what team it is, I mean the season is still young. We're not even at ten percent of the season. I mean some teams probably done played about eleven games. Some teams done probably played uh, thirteen games. So the season is still relatively young. But what I will say is this: that boy Draymond done struck again. This is. Someone who has a history of having all these technical fouls. He has a history of kicking dudes in the nuts. Everything. You know what I'm saying? And now, you can add to his resume, choking, putting niggas in chokeholds. <laughs> we, we can say that now. Draymond Green can now put choking niggas out, putting niggas in headlocks as... On his resume as well. Now, me personally, I'm not even going to fault him. Now, if you've been living under a rock uh, a few nights ago, um, the Warriors was playing the Minnesota Timberwolves in this in-season tournament thing. I believe the in I, I think the in-season tournament games... I think they're Tuesday and Friday. They're not every day. It's Tuesday and Friday. I think the game literally just started. The probably they probably was probably close to two, three minutes into the game. I don't even think anybody scored yet. And a whole melee just took place. Starting with uh Clay Thompson and McDaniel from the Timberwolves, they had a little scuffle. And then Rudy Gobert tried to become the peacemaker and basically grabbed Klay Thompson. But when he grabbed him, he basically grabbed him under his neck. And that's when Draymond came and basically grabbed Rudy Gobert by under his neck 
put him in a headlock and dragged his ass a little bit. That's the meme that's being thrown around right now. And me personally, it's hilarious. It's, 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 very, much, it's very much a hilarious because <laughs> you see... <laughs> You see Draymond, you see Draymond putting him in the headlock, and you see the face that he's making, and then you also see the face that Rudy Gobert is making, because basically, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, make light of a brother struggling to breathe, but you can see it in his face that he's like, yo, what the fuck is going on, what the fuck is going on, but me personally, I feel like he got what he deserved. And what I don't like in this situation is that everybody is trying to say that Rudy Gobert was the peacemaker. No, he wasn't the peacemaker. Because if anything, he was the one that made the melee even worse. You know, I get that, you know, you know, you know, I get that he's, you know, this Frenchman and they could do no wrong in people's eyes and whatnot. But he was the one that was at fault in this situation. Me, personally, Draymond was not wrong. He was defending his man. But I'm going to tell you where Rudy Gobert was wrong at. And this is coming from somebody who has played sports. You know what I'm saying? Whether it was basketball, whether it was football, there have been times where melees have taken place on the battlefield, whether it's on a gridiron or in, and on the basketball court. When you have a scuffle or... When you're on the verge of having a scuffle amongst two players, let's say one of my men is having a scuffle and a guy from the opposing team is having a scuffle. And I'm trying to be the peacemaker. I'm not going after your man's. I'm going after mine's. I'm making sure mine's is good. What Rudy Gobert did was go after Clay Thompson. Now, I thought now he might have thought that he was doing something good in this situation, but in reality, you made the situation even hot because you went after the wrong player. You weren't supposed to go after Klay Thompson. You were supposed to go after McDaniel. So when Draymond got a hold of you grabbing his teammate by his neck, he felt the need to grab you by yours. And me personally, I don't have an issue with it. I don't. Now, watching the video, I already knew Draymond was going to get suspended. You know, after I got a laugh out of it and seeing all the memes, you know, a couple of people were saying that how, you know, like that's a meme of, you know, of them saying that Thanksgiving food was done in 10 minutes and now it's an hour later and the food's still not ready. So, up oh, there goes the meme. They even put the, put the pictures together from when... Uh, Melvin and Baby Boy, when he choked out Jody, they put the two pictures together. And, I mean, you can kind of see a similarity, you know what I'm saying? But it's fun. It, 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 it's funny across the board. But like I said, I knew Draymond was going to get suspended. Out of everybody in that bunch, he was going to get suspended. Um, Rudy Gobert, I think him, Klay Thompson, and um, McDaniel, I think all three of them got fined $25,000 and Draymond got suspended for five games. I knew he was going to get suspended. I knew he was because of his track record. I knew he was going to be suspended. Hook or crook, I knew he was going to be suspended. I think he probably would have got suspended a game or two if he had just wrung his neck. What made it worse was that he wrung his neck and dragged him a few feet. So I think with him doing that, I think that definitely enticed the NBA to say, you know what, we're going to suspend this dude for five games. And then Rudy Gobert with the whole, oh, you know, he finds it fitting that 
every time Steph doesn't play, you know, Draymond does something to where he doesn't want to play and all this. Listen, we all, people in the NBA have a love-hate relationship for Rudy Gobert, right? Yeah, he's won these multiple Defensive Player of the Year's awards and shit like that. But he is viewed as soft. We all remember the bullshit. We all remember the bullshit contract that the Minnesota Timberwolves gave him a few years ago when Utah traded him and all these picks. We all remember that shit. We definitely remember how the whole COVID shit started in the NBA. You know, he basically made a mockery of it when it first was reported that COVID had existed. We remember the interview where, you know, he was basically mocking it and touching all the microphones and shit like that. And then, bam, a day or two later, we find out his ass was contracted with COVID. So ever since then, you know, people have had a love-hate relationship with Rudy Gobert. Me, personally, I felt what Draymond did was justified, in my honest opinion. He was going after his mans. He was being the peacemaker. So me, in my honest opinion... I don't see anything wrong with what he did. There's going to be some people out there that have an issue with it just because it's Draymond and because of his resume. Me, personally, I have no issue with what Draymond did because if the roles were reversed, if I was in that situation, I probably would have reacted the same way. Like, if I if, like if I got late to the party and I saw uh opposing player on another team grabbing my teammate almost by his neck, I probably would have reacted the same way Draymond did. That's just the type of teammate I am. If you're going to be a peacemaker, you don't, go, you, you don't go after a player on the opposing team. You grab your teammate and make sure you move him out the situation so then that way the melee doesn't take place. So me and my honest opinion, I get why he got suspended for five games. Again, I knew he was going to get suspended. But this is, a, this is a suspension where it's like, okay, he got suspended for the right reasons because, you know, he was defending his man. Now, what does this do for the Warriors for these five games? That remains to be seen because right now they're already 6-6. Six and six. And, I mean, it's no secret that Draymond is the emotional leader of the Golden State Warriors. It's like when he's out there... There's, it's, 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 a, it's a bigger spunk for the Warriors. It's a bigger funk when Draymond is out there. The energy that he brings, you know what I'm saying? Whether hook or crook, the energy that he displays out there when he's on that basketball court, it just oozes out the Golden State Warriors. Pause. And, you know, they got a couple of games coming up where Draymond is going to be out. You know, they got the Thunder two times. Then they got the Rockets, who surprisingly so have been playing very decent so far this season. Then they got the Suns, and then they got the Spurs. Those are the five games that Draymond is going to be suspended for. Now, now how many of those games are they going to win? Only time will tell. Only time will tell. But again, I have no issue with what Draymond did. Not once whatsoever do I have an issue with what Draymond has done how he handled that situation. I have no issue with it. But again, you know, a little NBA talk. You know, Boston right now is 9-2 going into this young season. Uh, they're one of the few teams who are still undefeated at home. 
Um, listen, I think, and I and I believe I said this in my prediction. I said that the Boston Celtics was going to the finals. You know, I respect what Milwaukee did by adding Dame Lillard to the fold and joining Giannis. But me personally, I just think that the Boston Celtics are a tight knit group. And right now, the way that they're playing right now, they're hitting on all cylinders, whether it's on offense and defense. I just think the key is, can Porzingis stay healthy? Can the rest of the Celtics team stay healthy? If they can stay healthy, I can definitely see them going to the NBA Finals. I can definitely see them going to the Finals. Philly right now, 8-3. and three. You know, I know a lot of people was, you know, concerned about, oh, with the James Harden drama, how would this affect the Sixers? Right now, it hasn't affected them. It has not affected them. And, I mean, listen, me and my honest opinion, Maxie is showing the fuck out. It's like he, it's like he, it's like he said, you know what? I'm going to take all this drama that's been going on in Philly and I'm going to add it to my game. I'm going to use it to fuel myself. And he's doing that. He's doing that. He's averaging almost 28 points a game so far this season. Now, I know the season is young. I get that the season is young. Don't get me wrong. I, I get the season is very, very young. Very young. But, shit. The way he's playing right now, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's too early. It's too early to call it. But the way he's playing right now, he can mess around and win most improved player. If he keeps going on this trajectory. If he keeps going on this trajectory, I can definitely see Maxi winning uh most improved player. Cause I'm 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 really enjoying what I'm seeing for Philly right now. And I mean, since I talked about Philly, I might as well talk about the new team that Kawhi has joined. And that has been the Los Angeles Clippers. And I hate to say it, but since he has joined them, they have not won. It's been six games since he has joined the Clippers, and the Clippers have not won yet. Now, do I want to say he has something to do with that? I, I, I wouldn't say all that, but I, I just think, in my opinion, when you have four dudes who are ball-dominant, like James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George, all four of these dudes demand the basketball. Now, obviously, there have been years, recent years, where Russell Westbrook and James Harden, they were number one and two, respectively, in, you know, possessions of, of you know, taking care of the basketball. You now bring them to a team where... Now you got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. These dudes want the basketball as well. So you got four players that are ball dominant. It's only one basketball to go around. It's only one. How's that going to work? And right now, it's not looking like it's working. Now, again, the season is still young. He just came to the team. I think Taiwan Lu said something about, you know, give them 10, 15 games to gel or whatnot. So... I respect Taiwan Lu enough to give him to give him the benefit of doubt with this. 
You know, he, you know, I'm not going to say he's a great coach, but he's proven himself to be a damn good coach. You know, I think some people throw that word great around very freely. I'm not going to say he's a great coach. I would say he's a damn good coach. Wouldn't say great. I'll say he's a very good coach. And I'll take his word for it. But see, here's the thing. You're in the Western Conference. And every game counts in the West. Every game counts. It's not like the East, where you can mess around and probably have two teams with losing records make the playoffs. Especially if you add the play-in to the fold, you could probably fuck around and have three teams with losing records get getting the play-in and then make the playoffs overall. That's not going to happen in the West because you have teams with winning records that don't even make the play-in. So every game counts, especially in the Western Conference. So I would hope that the Clippers get this together because you don't want to continue racking up losses because right now they're 3-7. and seven. Right now they're 3-7. and seven. So I would hope that, that, you know, I would hope that they get their act together. I'm, I'm, listen, I just talked about, you know, Boston and Philly and shit like that. But I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm very surprised at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like I just talked about teams that were perfect at home. Boston is a team that's perfect at home. The defending champs, the Nuggets are perfect at home. Shit, Minnesota, they 5-0 at home. And they got an 8-3 record. Now, I get the season is very young. Very young. We 11 games in. I didn't expect Minnesota to be 8-3 going into starting the season. You know, Anthony Edwards is definitely making a campaign for another All-Star berth. Another one. You know what I'm saying? I'm loving what I'm seeing after Car Anthony Towns. So, as long as they can keep it going. I mean, Dallas is 9-3. I didn't expect them to start the season that good either. Because, see, for me, I look at the Mavericks, I'm like, okay, yeah, they're going to be able to score. You know, they got Kyrie. They got Luka. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr., we know he's going to put up his numbers. But who they going to stop? Those are all three players that don't play no damn defense. But right now, they're stopping somebody because look at the season they're having right now. 12 games in, and they've won nine of them. Houston is 6-3. and three. Who would have thought that? I know it's nine games, but I don't think anybody thought that these dudes would be starting off 6-3. and three. You know what I'm saying? So I'm very much impressed with what I'm seeing so far this season. Again, the season is young. Indiana. Seven and four, that town in the building. Like I, I respect it. I very, I very, I very much respect it. I love the fact that in this young season, so far the teams that we did not expect to do anything is making some little bit of noise to start the season, and I'm enjoying it. I'm very much enjoying it. So I'm very much enjoying what I'm seeing so far in this young season. Now, that's NBA talk. Let's get to some college basketball talk. But see, me, when I speak college basketball, I'm, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. 
I'm not really paying attention to the dudes. And this is no knock to them. You know, it, it, it's no knock to them. I'm sure there's some young studs out there in, in, in men's college basketball that's going to show out. But for me, this season, it's all about the women for me. It's all about the, it's all about the women in college basketball right now. These young women, like, I, 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 like, listen, I can't even recall the last time that, for me, that the women is going to overshadow, is going to over, is going to show out more than the men this year. And this is going to be the year. This is going, this is going to be the year. I honestly think, and my honest, and this is my honest opinion. I know it's not gonna happen. I know it's not gonna happen, but I'm just giving y'all a scenario. If I was in charge, if I was in charge, just for this year, I would have really considered having the women have the last game of the season. You know how the you know how the women's final four. It's always the day before the guys. Like the women's final four is on a Friday. And then the national title game is Sunday. Then the men's th th then the men's final four is on Saturday. And then the national championship game is on Monday. I think this year it should be reversed. I think the women should be closing out this season. I truly believe that. I truly believe that the women should be closing out this season. Because, again, the season is young. We're only two weeks in. And that top 25 ranking has already been shaken up. You know, LSU, this is something that I want to speak about last week. But, again, I was, you know, still recuperating from being sick from my birthday. LSU was the number one ranked team in the country. And in the first game of the season, they lost to the Colorado Buffaloes. Yes, Colorado. Listen, Colorado has made some upsets in the first game of the season in college football, obviously with Coach Prime, and I'm going to get into that a little bit later as well. They went into TCU, pulled the upset. Wasn't an upset for me because I knew they would win. Then you talk about the, the women's college basketball team First game of the season, they played the defending national champs, and not only did they beat them, they put pain on them and an upset to the point that I I forgot where they was ranked at the first week, but they're ranked number five now. They're ranked number five now. So you do the math, I believe they was, what, in the top 20, and then pulling their upset against LSU they're now ranked number five. They're ranked number five. LSU fell six spots. They was number they was number one. They're now number seven. UConn. They lost two. So your top two teams lost. UConn. They won their first game. Then they went to North Carolina State. Lost that game. Now they're ranked number eight. Stanford moved up nine spots to number six. South Carolina moved up five spots. 
and became number one. Now, me personally, when LSU lost, we all knew it was going to be a number one. We knew it was going to be a new number one. Now, I truly believe if Connecticut would have won against North Carolina State, they probably would have stayed at number two. But me, in my honest opinion, I truly believe that South Carolina was definitely going to get that number one spot because their first two opponents were ranked opponents in both games. They scored 100 points. They scored a flat 100, a flat 100 on um, Notre Dame in France, right? Then the second game, they played... Maryland, who's ranked 14th, put up 114 on them. So when I saw that, I said, yeah, South Carolina is definitely going to be number one. You had some people saying, okay, maybe Iowa could be number one. Rightfully so, because Caitlin Clark is doing her thing on that team. But see, for me, Iowa is just, for me, it's Caitlin Clark or bust with Iowa. You take her off that team, there's no credibility with that team. She does, she, like, this This is how important, this is how unique, this is how special she is to that team. She scores, she rebounds, she assists. She's the emotional leader. She's everything to that team. Everything to that team. I mean, I wouldn't have argued had they got the number one spot, but just me, I think with the selection of opponents that South Carolina had the first two weeks and the amount of points that they put up and the pain that they put in, yeah, I felt like they definitely deserved to be the number one team. So South Carolina's number one, Iowa's number two, UCLA's number three, Utah's four, Colorado was five, Stanford is six, LSU is seven, UConn's number eight, Virginia Tech is number nine. And last but not least, USC is number 10. They moved up 11 spots. USC. And USC got a squad. They got a squad on their hands. Juju Watkins, the freshman, 30 plus points. 30 points or better in her first two games. They putting in work. They putting in work. And, and just think about it right now. With all those teams I just mentioned. One, two, three, four, five. I just gave y'all the top ten. Half of the top ten belongs to the Pac-12. Half of the top ten. That means there's five teams right now that's in the top 10 in women's college basketball, and they belong in the Pac-12. So, yes, the season is young. It's very young. But I am very much enjoying what I'm seeing so far in women's college basketball. Very much. Very, very much. I'm very much enjoying what I'm seeing so far. Now... I'm going to stay on college football. This was something that I wanted to speak about 
last week. Um, this was something that I want to speak about last week. And this is no, like, like this is no not to, um, what's her name? Charlie Arnold from I remember she, I, I remember she used to work in WWE. She used to be, you know, back you know backstage and whatnot. She used to do like backstage reporting. I remember she was on ESPN uh, on first take. You know, there was times that she filled in for Molly, right? She left ESPN. She's now. You know, a host of a show called The Outback. Out, I mean, Outkick the Morning. Whatever, whatever the show is called. I have been a fan of hers for years. I admire her. I respect her grind. But I do have an issue with how she tried to belittle Caleb Williams and how after playing a heartfelt game, I forgot who it was that the, I forgot exactly who USC played. It might have been Washington. It might have. It might have. It might. It might have been Washington that they lost to. She basically called him soft because. He ran into his mother's arms after they had lost a hard-fought game. Now, me, personally, I felt that was totally unnecessary. Totally unnecessary. Because I can remember there was a time when Kevin Durant lost in the NBA Finals. He lost to Miami in five games. He lost in five games. We all remember backstage, he cried in his mother's arms and nobody said anything to him. We didn't call him soft. We didn't call him any of those things. So for her to be on her platform and basically call Caleb Williams a softy because he cried in his mother's arms, that's baffling to me. Like, I love her takes. I love her opinions on a lot of things. But on this one here, this was a horrible take. Like, that was crazy to me. Like, this young boy who was Heisman Trophy worthy. We could throw that away now. With the season that USC is having now, he's definitely not winning this year. But I want to say within the first five or six games, you know, it was being talked about that he might go back to back. Then they started losing games. Some of the losses, he had something to do with. He played a big role in them losing those games. But for him to lose that game, I believe, I, I truly believe it was against Washington. If anybody's listening to this and you hear this part, let me know if it was against Washington. 
They lose the game to Washington. And then after the game, he feels the need to run to his mother and cry in her arms. I have no issue with that. We, like, we, we got to understand, he's still a kid at heart. He's still in college. He didn't Listen, he didn't leave to go to the NFL yet. He's still, he's still somewhat of a kid. And I respect the fact that he said, you know what? I know the cameras is on me. I know the cameras is going to be chasing after me, but I don't care. I'm going to go to the one person that I can go to right now and just let all these emotions out. And he went to his mother. And I respect the fact that his mother had the knowledge in itself to say, you know what, I'm going to take this cardboard and I'm going to cover his face because I don't want nobody to see him crying. I don't want nobody to see my baby crying. It's bad enough that... I'm not going to say it's bad. I'm not, not going to say it's bad enough that she has to consult him because that's her son. That's her baby. That's, that, that, that's what she wants to do. But for her to take, but for Charlie to take this stance, I think she was just trying to find a moment to be controversial. And she found it because out of all the takes that she has done, this was by far her worst one. This was by far her worst one. And me personally, again, I, I again I have no issue with this. I don't. I don't. You know, after you know, after losing the game, you know, he was being interviewed and he was basically saying that the way he feels now, he just wants to go home and cuddle with his dogs and watch his TV shows. So he's a softy because that's what he said? Like that's what we doing? I just think I just think that her take was very much wrong, and she was and she was very much and she was trying her best to be very controversial, and she got that. I I I I I really didn't like her take on that at all. I had I, I had no issue with what he did. He's still a kid. He's still a kid. You know what I'm saying? But. This is another display of women emasculating men. That's just what she just did. This was a horrible take. And, and I'm sure her comments, she got chewed up about it. I'm quite, I'm quite sure she did. I'm quite sure she got chewed up in her comments. And it's very, and it is justifiable. Very much. Now again, I love Charlie. I, I respect her. I respect her opinions. I've been a fan of her for years. But I can honestly say this was the first elder she's took, you know, on, on, on her platforms. This was the first L that I can honestly say that she took. He's a college kid. I don't even think he's 21. Nothing, not, not, nothing wrong with what he did. Nothing at all. Hell, I remember when Tebow cried a lot. Nobody said nothing to him. I can go real deep if you want, but we ain't gonna do that because I got I got I got so much other stuff 
that I want to talk about. So much other stuff I want to talk about. Speaking of college football, Coach Prime. It's looking very, very evident that the Colorado Buffaloes are probably going to end this season with a losing record. Now, me personally, I felt that they would probably, probably, 12 games of the season, I, me personally, like, you know, me being a fan of Prime, I really thought that the Buffaloes would probably go 7-5 and five this season, right? Now it's looking like they are going to end this season. Well, they already got a losing record already. They're already four and six. It's looking like they're probably going to end this season four and eight. They have Washington State coming up. I mean, they got even records. So I would hope that they get that win because they're definitely not beating Utah Thanksgiving week. They're not beating they're not beating Utah. So if they can somehow beat Washington State, just give me five wins. Just give me five. Five's my favorite number. Okay? If the Colorado Buffaloes could give me five wins, I'm okay. I mean, I'm okay with the season regardless. Because remember, we're talking about a program that only won one game last year. They was one and eleven. So Coach Prime has already made a difference in this program. They've won three games more than what they won last year. He has brought so much notoriety to that program, to that city. He's brought so much money to that university. So regardless of what their record is, Colorado is already in good space for next year. Because remember, this again, this is coming from a diehard fan of Deion Sanders. The man wins everywhere he goes. He wins wherever he goes. I wasn't one of those fans that said, oh, well, well, hey, he took the job in Colorado. Oh, they're going to win the championship the first year. Nah, it takes time. It takes time. It takes a damn good time to get to that level. And you got to remember, with all those transfers, it takes time to gel with them. Now, I get it. Some of these losses was self-inflicted, though. I'm not going to hold you. Some of these losses was self-inflicted. That Stanford loss, that had no business happening. You had a 29-zip lead at halftime. You were supposed to take that game. You were supposed to bring that game home. That game had no business going into overtime. No business. So that's a that, that's a win that they should have had. They last lost just last weekend against Arizona. That was a win they should have had. So that's two wins. That's two extra wins that they should have at their disposal. The UCLA loss, I can't really say they could have won that game because 
Listen, that old line was just abysmal. Shador couldn't do shit. Couldn't do anything in that game. And I think that's the game where Shallow, Dion's other son, I think he got ejected in that game for, for me, in my opinion, a legal hit. Which is crazy to me because he got ejected for a legal hit, but yet that defensive back that put that hit on um, Travis Hunter from Colorado State, we all know that was dirty and he didn't get ejected. But I digress. That's neither here nor there. What do I know, right? But the point is this. I would truly hope that the Colorado Buffaloes ends this season with a 5-7 and seven record. I know I said 7-5 and five before the season started, but I hope they end at 5-7. and seven. You know, I, I, really, I really don't hope that Colorado ends this season on a four-game losing streak. Because that's what it's looking like, right? Well, a five-game losing streak. Oh, no. Actually, it's more than that. Now that I think about it, their last win, their last win was against Arizona State, and that was by a field goal. They lost to Stanford. They lost to UCLA. They lost to Oregon State. And they lost to Arizona. So they are currently on a three-game losing streak. Four-game losing streak. Part itself. They're on a four-game losing streak. So I'm hoping that this weekend, they can snap this streak, beat Washington State, and then their last game, I mean, I, I don't see them beating Utah. So, you know, at least make it a fight. In the season seven to five. I mean, in the season five and seven. That's all I can hope for. That's all I can hope for. But, uh, okay. It's time to get into some NFL. Now, again, I did not record last week. So, being that I didn't record last week, I'm going to give y'all my offensive and defensive player of the weeks from week nine and week 10. Week nine and week 10. So first, let me do week nine. Because again, I didn't record last week. My offensive player of the year for week nine was CJ Strout of the Houston Texans. And I got to give credit where it's due. That young boy is balling. He's balling. So I had to give it to him. I had I had to give it to uh, C.J. Strout because he has this Houston Texans team. Listen, when the season first started, I don't think anybody had them in contention to win their division. And if somebody said they did, they was lying. Even if you ask Houston fans, they'll be lying. They could still win the division. So he was my offensive player of the week for week nine. My defensive player of the week was Joey Bosa of the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, what he did against the Jets on that Monday night. 
the, the, the young boy was doing everything. Sacks, forcing fumbles, recovering, recovering fumbles. He did everything. So, yeah, he was definitely my defensive player of the week for week nine. And I was 10-4 and four with my picks. Let me just say that as well. We now get to last week, week 10. My offensive player of the week was Keenan Allen of the Los Angeles Chargers. Keenan Allen of the Los Angeles Chargers won my Offensive Player of the Week award. And it was good contention. Hella contention. CeeDee Lamb. A couple of names. A couple of names. But I gave it to him. Oh, no, 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 no. Not even. No, not even. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to call an audible. I got to call an audible. Wait a minute. Stop the presses. Stop the presses. I can't give it to Keenan Allen. I can't give it to him. You want to know why I can't give it to him? Because the Chargers lost. I can't give it to him. They lost. I got to give it to somebody else. Now, because, listen, if you've been paying attention to the podcast, the two keys to winning my offensive or defensive player of the week, first of all, your team has to win. I can't give the award to a loser. I have to give it to a winner. Now, yes, those numbers were very amazing. Very amazing. And I totally forgot that the Chargers lost. So I can't give it to him. So now I have to do an audible. This was a first. I don't think I ever had to do an audible in the middle of doing my offensive and defensive player of the week awards. I don't think I ever had to do that. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to keep it with a wide receiver. But I'm actually going to give it to... Man, I, man I, hope I, I hope I don't muffle his name. I'm going to give it to Amon Ra St. Brown of the Detroit Lions. I'm going to give Offensive Player of the Week to him. He had eight receptions for 156 yards and a touchdown against those same charges that I was going to give that receiver the award to. So I had to call an audible because the Lions won which made their record 7-2. and two. I was just so fixated with the numbers that Keenan Allen had, which was very well impressive. 175 yards with 11 catches, I so wanted to give it to him. But I totally forgot that the Chargers lost. So I couldn't give it to him. Because even with those numbers, at the end of the day, your team lost. So I can't give it to you. Your team lost. So... I gave it to St. Brown of the Detroit Lions. Now let's get to my defensive player of the week. Week nine, I gave it to Joey Bosa, right? This week, I'm going to give it to his little brother, Nick Bosa of the San Francisco 49ers. 
So back-to-back weeks of my picks, a Bosa brother won Defensive Player of the Week. So there you have it. On offense, I gave it to Amon Rod St. Brown of the Detroit Lions. And on defense, I gave it to Nick Bosa of the San Francisco 49ers. And then for week nine, to recap, because I didn't do an episode last week, I gave it to C.J. Strout of the Houston Texans, and then I gave it to Joey Bosa on defense from the, from the Los Angeles Chargers. So there you have it with my Offensive and Defensive Player of the Week awards for week 10. With that being said, it is now time to give my picks for week uh. 11. Last week, I was 9-5. and 9-5 and five with my picks. Some of these losses, I'm not... Well, I mean, listen. The Baltimore-Cleveland the, the, the Baltimore one, yes, Baltimore did have themselves a big lead. They were up 24 to 9 at some point. And then Cleveland came back. And I definitely want to give Deshaun Watson his respect. Now, it's unfortunate that that game, he got more hurt than what he was already. And now he's out for the rest of the season. But if there was any issue within that locker room, as far as how teammates felt about him, that went out the window with this performance. Now, it's unfortunate that he's going to be out for the rest of the year, but I'm quite sure the respect factor that if they didn't have for him in that locker room, they got for him now. So I definitely want to give Deshaun Watson his respect. Uh, I wish you a speedy recovery. You come back next season better than ever and make right of that 200 and plus million dollar contract guaranteed that you got at your disposal. The Bengals lost to the Texans. Who would have thought that? Now, again, I just said that the Texans have been very much impressive so far this season. But I just start with the Bengals being on the streak that they was on and they was at home. I definitely thought that they was going to pull the win. But when you got receivers dropping easy passes, especially touchdown passes, I think it was one touchdown in particular. If that receiver would have came down with that catch, game would have been over. But salute to Houston, though. They had an opportunity. They seized it, and they came back, and they won. So you got to respect them. You got to respect them. What other loss did I have? I mean, man, listen. I, I I picked the Saints so much this season, and they have disappointed me every opportunity. Every opportunity. I picked them a lot. And they've let me down. They've let me down. So I don't know if I'm picking them motherfuckers no more this year. Atlanta, I mean, listen. 
I went with them because I felt, okay, it's Kyler Murray's first game coming back from the ACL injury. I don't expect him to do much. But he actually was very much impressive. I mean, he led a game-winning drive, which he has a history of doing in his young career. I just thought that Atlanta would pull the dub off, but unfortunately I was wrong. What other loss did I have? Buffalo. You lose to the Broncos, bro. Y'all lose to the Broncos on Monday Night Football. And I don't want to hear no more of this Josh Allen talk. I'm about tired of that shit. Like, 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 I'm not, like, like, I'm, I'm really over it now. Like, I remember when he had, he's only had two highlights in his career, in my honest opinion. And it just so happened, they're at the expense of the Kansas City Chiefs. We all remember that divisional playoff game where, you know, him and Patrick Mahomes is going back and forth you know, getting these touchdowns and crunch time in the fourth quarter. Obviously, the Chiefs pulled it off at the end, right? That was more so special teams' reason for losing that game than Josh Allen. Then the following year, he goes to Kansas City, beats them again. Well, I'm not going to say he beats them again, but he goes to Arrowhead and beats them that game. Cool. Those two games are the only games that he's living off of in his young career. Because this, for whatever the reason is, he is a turnover machine. And you know what's so crazy? I know Dak can be a turnover machine, and he gets ridiculed for his turnovers. But when Josh Allen does his turnovers, he don't get ridiculed as much. Now, I don't want to do the whole complexion for the protection for the collection type shit. I get why Dak gets the, the flack that he gets because he's playing for the Cowboys. That's the most popular team in the world. They're the richest team in the world. So when you put that star on that helmet, when you wear that star on your helmet, it's a responsibility that comes with it. I get that. But hell, Josh Allen has been fucking up this season as well. To the point where Trayvon Diggs, who's Stephon Diggs' brother, he was like, yo, 14, got to get up out of here. So, I mean, come on now. Yeah, I'll say it. Josh Allen's overrated. I'll say it. I'm quite sure y'all was waiting for me to say it. You know, I was saying all of that, and I ain't get to the word yet, but I'll give y'all what y'all want. Yeah, he's overrated in my eyes. I didn't want to say it, but yeah, he's overrated. Because ever since then, all the talk was Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. That was the three-headed monster for the quarterbacks of the future. Because remember, our big dogs are gone. Peyton is gone. Brady is gone. Breeze is gone. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is hurt, so you can't really count him right now. So now we're really looking at the emergence of these young quarterbacks. And the three-headed monster was Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Those were the three names. Well, we can get rid of Josh Allen right now. 
Because I'll take Jalen Hurts over him. I'll take I'll take Justin Herbert over Josh Allen. I just believe that Justin Herbert is struggling in Los Angeles because he needs new leadership. I truly believe I, I truly believe that that coach Staley. I think he's gone after this season. I think the only way that he survives is if the Chargers make the playoffs and they make a decent run. I think that's the only way his job is safe. If the Chargers do not make the playoffs, he is out of there. You can mark my words. I'm definitely taking Mahomes over Josh Allen. I'm definitely taking Joe Burrow over him. I'm taking Jalen Hurts over him. I'm taking Justin Herbert over him. I'm taking Lamar Jackson over him. That's five quarterbacks right there that I'm taking over Josh Allen. And that's just off the top of my head. I'm quite sure if I really thought about this, I'm quite sure there's some other quarterbacks I'll take over him. They heap too much praise on him. I'm quite sure they second-guessing that shit now. But yeah, enough of that. Let's get to my picks for week number 11. And we starting off strong. Now, for weeks, when it came to primetime football, it was a snooze fest. Not this Thursday. Oh no, 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 not this Thursday. Because we got some, we got some division title playoff contingencies on the line for this primetime game. And that would be the Ravens and the Bengals. Yes, sirree. Yes, ma'am. Oh, yeah, we got a goodie coming up. We got the Ravens and we got the Bengals. Primetime football on Thursday. I honestly don't see the Ravens losing two games back-to-back at home. I honestly don't see it. So I'm going with the Ravens to get the dub. Now, if they could wear their black uniforms, being that it's a Thursday night primetime game, and then they can have the Omar whisper from the wire, if you watch the show, you'll understand what I'm talking about. If they can start the game off doing that Omar whisper from the wire and wear their black uniforms, they could definitely win this game. So yes, I'm going with the Ravens to win on prime time. Next, we got the Steelers and the Browns. Another rivalry game in the AFC North. And both of these games got playoff aspirations on the line. The Steelers are 6-3. and three. The Browns are 6-3. and three. The Ravens is 7-3. and three. Now think about this. Let's say Baltimore does lose this game. Let's just do the hypothetical. Let's say Baltimore loses this game. That will make them 7-4, right? That will make them 7-4. The Steelers and the Browns, whoever wins that game is in first place. Now, remember, when the season first started, nobody said Cleveland and Pittsburgh would win this division. Everybody was saying the Bengals or the Ravens. Those were the two teams. But if Baltimore loses this game, 
Whoever wins Steelers and Browns, they got the division. Now, I remember these teams played earlier this year. I think it was a Monday night football game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was a Monday night football game. And Pittsburgh won it. Who do I go with this weekend? Now, yes, Deshaun is not playing. He's done for the season. We already know that already. This Cleveland Browns defense is elite. Very elite. Very elite. I don't want to sleep on Pittsburgh, though. I really don't. Mm. You know what? This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I have picked the Browns in week two when they played the Steelers. And they lost. The Steelers was at home that game. And they won on prime time. So for this game, I'm going to pick the Steelers. Nah. Nah, nah. I'm going to stick with the Browns. I'm going to stick with the Browns. For my guy, Manny Matt, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. No disrespect to Pittsburgh, but I'm going to go with Cleveland. I'm going to go with Cleveland to get the dub. Next, we got the Cardinals and the Texans. I'm going to go with the Texans. I think D'Amico Ryans definitely is in the conversation for Coach of the Year. Definitely. What he's doing in Houston, I could definitely see him winning Coach of the Year. If this keeps going. If this keeps going, I could definitely see them... I could definitely see him winning Coach of the Year in the NFL. Next, we got the Titans and the Jaguars. I'm going to go with the Jags. I say the Jags right the wrong of getting their ass smoked by the 49ers last weekend. And it's another home game. I say they right that wrong and they pick up the dub against the Tennessee Titans. Next, we got the Raiders and the Dolphins. This is a trap game. This is a trap game. Do not get it fucked up. Okay, if Josh McDaniels was still coaching his team, I would clearly say Dolphins with no hesitation. But what the Raiders have done in these last two games, now granted, it was against the Giants and the Jets. I gotta, I gotta, I, I, I gotta put that in there. It was against the Giants and the Jets for crying out loud. 
right? But I do want to say that Antonio Pierce and his two games as the interim coach for the Raiders, he's brought some great energy to that team. He's brought personality to that team. He's brought fun back to the team. Like, if you go and you watch the Raiders in their locker room after they've won their games, they're dancing. They're having a good time. They're having a good old time in that locker room. They wasn't doing that when Josh McDaniels was their coach. But now that Antonio Pierce is there, he's, you know, he, he's added some spunk to that, to, to, that, to that black and silver, you know, with the Raiders, with Raider Nation. But again, like I said, it was against the Giants and the Jets. So I don't I, I kind of don't want to rain on the parade, but I kind of am. And as much as I respect what he's doing with the Raiders, and I respect what Max Crosby has done with that defense, like I think if I, I think if we were talking about defensive players of the year, I think it's a three-man race. I think it's between Miles Garrett who I think might be the front runner. TJ White, Max Crosby. Those are the three-headed that's the three-headed monster for defensive player of the week. I mean, de defensive player of the year in the NFL. But now they're going up they're going up against this Dolphins team. And we already know there's no answer for Tyreek Hill. We know there's somewhat no answer for Jason Waddle. So with that being said, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. And it's in Miami, too. So, yeah, I'm going to give the edge to the Dolphins. I do respect what Antonio Pierce has done with this Raiders team. Make no mistake about it. I, I do respect with what he's done. But I think they get brought back to reality this weekend. And I think the Dolphins get the dub. Next, we got Cowboys and Panthers. Cowboys. That was easy. Next, we got the Bears and the Lions. Lions. Yay, yay, yay. The Lions is 7-2. Who would have thought it? Next, we got the Chargers and the Packers. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Wouldn't be surprised if the Packers pulled it off at home, though. But I'm going to go with the Chargers. Next, we got the Giants and the Commanders. Listen, the Giants have nobody. The only person they have is Saquon Barkley. And there's only so much that young man can do for this team. It's only so much he can do. Now, this is the crazy part. They played earlier this season. And the Giants won. And the Giants won. But see, they had Tyrod Taylor that game. Now, I'm not saying that he's the second coming of Michael Vick or some shit. But he did do good in that game. But see, here's the problem. They have no quarterback now. 
DeVito, I know everybody's making fun and saying, oh, calling him Danny DeVito and all this other shit. I'm not going to do that. But I will say this, though. The Giants ain't winning this game with him as his quarterback. So I'm going with the Commanders. <coughs> I am going with the Commanders to get the dub against the New York football Giants. Next, we got the Bucks and the Niners. I'm going with the Niners. Next, we got the Jets and the Bills. Listen, Buffalo better right the wrong of this. The, buff, the, the Bills better right the wrong. They better right the wrong. First of all, they lost to the Jets opening night. Well, 9-11, right? That was all Josh Allen's doing. They lost last week at home. They better not lose this game at home. They better not lose this game at home. So I'm going with the Bills to beat the Jets. And I like the Jets. Like, I tr like, 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 listen, I got, like, listen, I have so many friends that are Jet fans. And when I go on Facebook and I give my weekly picks, they dog me for not picking their Jets to win these games. I have no issue with the Jets except for that quarterback. You will not win with Zach Wilson as your quarterback. If Aaron Rodgers was under center, oh, I'd have picked the Jets for a lot of these games. A lot of these games I would have picked them if Aaron Rodgers was behind center, but he's not. Okay, next we got the Seahawks and the Rams. This is a trap game. I'm not even going to hold you. This is a trap game. Yes, the Seahawks are 6-3. The Rams is 3-6, and six, but it is, a, it is a division rivalry. It is. It's a trap game, but I'm still going to go with the Seahawks. Still going to go with the Seahawks. Sunday Night Football, we got the Vikings and we got the Broncos. Listen, Josh Hobbs has been doing his thing. In these two games that he has played, he's done his thing. Can't even front. The Broncos, you could make a case that if it wasn't for the Bills having an extra man on the field for that field goal kick, they'd have lost that game. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Josh Hobbs. I'm going to go with the Vikings. And then Monday Night Football. Man, oh man, oh man. We got a Super Bowl rematch from last year. The Chiefs and the Eagles. Man, oh man, oh man. Primetime football. We got the Eagles and we got the Chiefs. Super Bowl rematch from last year. Mm. 
the best team in the NFC against the best team in the AFC. Who is Dre going to pick? I am going to go with... Mm. Damn. I'm actually frozen up with this. Like, I honestly have no idea who I'm going with. Now, part of me wants to say Chiefs because they're at home. Then part of me wants to say Eagles. This is what we're going to do. when I Listen, when I have this problem, I have a solution. I grab a quarter and I flip it. And whoever it lands on, that's who I go with. So that's what we're going to do. Heads is for Chiefs. Tails is Eagles. Whoever it lands on, that's who I'm going with. I'm flipping the coin now. It's heads. So I'm going with the Chiefs. I will say this, though. It would not shock me if the Eagles won. Let's just get that out the way. It would not shock me if the Eagles won. But I will say this, though. I have Patrick Mahomes and A.J. Brown on my fantasy team. And it just so happened that the Eagles and the Chiefs are the last game of this particular week. So if I'm losing going into that game... I could fuck around and win because the numbers that them two was going to put up, that might just help me get a win for my fantasy team. So, hey, I may lose with the pick, but I, but I may win with my fantasy team. So, yes, I'm going with the Chiefs to win Monday Night Football against the Philadelphia Eagles. There you have it. So those are my picks. The Ravens, the Browns, the Texans, the Jags, the Dolphins, the Cowboys, the Lions, the Chargers, the Commanders, the Niners, Bills, Seahawks, Vikings, and Chiefs. There you have it. There you have it. Now, would you rather? Yep, would you rather? I've brought that segment back, so I'm going to go with would you rather? Would you rather your fingers always feel sticky or your throat always feel itchy? Well, I'm not going to hold you. My throat currently feels itchy. 
I don't know if I would always want it to feel that way, though. I mean, I wouldn't want my fingers to always feel sticky either, but I'd rather my fingers always feel sticky. You know, sometimes you put on a certain lotion, the lotion to be hella thick, pores, and it make your fingers feel sticky. I'd rather that than my throat always feeling itchy. So this one was an easy one for me. I'd rather my fingers always feel sticky than my throat always feeling itchy. That was an easy one for me. Usually these would you rathers, I have to really think about it. But on this one, this, this was an easy one. That was an easy one. I think I, I think this one was the easy one. And I think the grilled cheese or peanut butter and jelly. Which one would I rather? And obviously I went with PBJ. So yeah. But I do have a shout out. I do have a shout out. I actually have two shout outs. I actually have two shout outs. My first shout out will go to my man Garrett Cole of my New York Yankees. He has won the 2023 American League Cy Young Award. Congrats to him. My man went 15 and 4 this season. He basically carried, well, I can't really say he carried this because we didn't make the playoffs, but I'm talking about as far as our pitching rotation goes. He damn near saved our pitching rotation this year. With the injuries that we had and with pitchers coming in the fold and losing games, he was the only bright spot for us this season as far as our starting pitchers go. So for him to do that and have a 15-4 and record, have 222 strikeouts, and have a 263 ERA average, I'm okay with it. So congratulations to Garrett Cole on winning the 2023 American League Cy Young Award. Congrats, my man. Congrats. He's actually now the sixth Yankee to win this award. Roger Clemens was the last, and that was in 2001. Ron Gildry won it in 78. Sparky Lau won it in 77. Whitey Ford won it in 1961, which was the year my mother was born. And then Bob Turley won it in 1958. So Garrett Cole now becomes the sixth Yankee to win that prestigious award. And then I have another shout out. I have another shout out. And that shout out will be to. USC basketball player, Lady Trojan. I want to give a shout out to Aaliyah Gales. I want to shout her out. If you don't know who she is, last year, she was shot multiple times. Multiple times. 
and it didn't look like she would survive, let alone her basketball career would resume. And just a few games ago, she made her comeback on the basketball court, and she was basically stormed by her teammates for getting back on the basketball court. So I definitely want to shout her out. Definitely want to shout her out for that. I know the, the, the motto for USC is fight on. That's exactly what Aaliyah Gaze did. She fought on. So I definitely wanted to shout her out and give her her flowers. Keep on fighting on. Keep on fighting on. So those are my shout outs for this week. It's a wrap for this episode. I want to thank each and every one of y'all for y'all continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Y'all can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, um, Amazon Music. I forgot to say them. So y'all can find me on there as well. Uh, y'all can find me on Facebook, Dre Day. Y'all can find me on Instagram, Dre Day1985. Or Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. The link is in the bio. Y'all can also find me on X. So once again, thank y'all for y'all continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. And closing, y'all know how this goes. This has been another episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. Episode 313 is over. Shout out to the 313, which is Detroit, by the way. The 313, okay? Episode 313 is over. Catch y'all on the flip side. God bless. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. Peace. What up, what up, what up? It's your man, Dre Day, and I have a PSA announcement for y'all. Did y'all know that only 38% of African Americans were able to identify financial terms on the PFN Index, an annual financial survey? Why is that? Because we're never given the tools to succeed in the financial sector. Will with American Classic Agency has been designing financial maps for his clients to succeed for over a decade for clients on both coasts. With Will, you will be able to create a game plan to get out of debt and create the wealth that you and your family deserve. If you're interested, please contact Will at willspady at gmail.com. That's W-I-L-L-S-P-A-D-Y at gmail.com or call him at 443-810-0384.